moments of pain, we seek revenge. Amy A. Yalon The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 13 Arrow on the Doorpost What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feed Don't Wait Your Brain. I'm Zachy B, and with me today is Alina Alini B. B. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't find someone, but I'm always happy to have my, my wife on the show. She always has good things to say. Thanks. Uh, so what did you think about this episode, Alina? Um, I, I thought it was really good there. After it ended, I realized that nothing super big happened. Mm -hmm. It was just like a lot of conversations. Yeah. Um, and arguing, but it, like, I was still intrigued the whole time, even mm. though there weren't any, like, really big action scenes, which I feel is, like, usually a big part of The Walking Dead, because mm -hmm. it's, like, they're fighting walkers. Yeah, or each other. Or each other. Yeah. I will, like, I, I love it when the protagonist and the antagonist, like, have conversations with each other. Yeah. And it's not, like, and not, I'm not even, like, talking about, like, when they're fighting and then they break to have a conversation. It's, mm -hmm. like, they're, like, there's no fighting at all. Yeah. But there's just the tension there between them. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, because I, I feel like it's so much more realistic that, like, they actually, like, talk to each other and stuff. Yeah. Um, and try to, like, come to an agreement. Um, one thing, and I've mentioned this before, but one thing I noticed is, like, they really delved into the fact that these two leaders almost didn't care enough about their people uh, because they wanted to go fight anyway. You know, like, cause like Daryl and Martinez have that conversation where they're like, just, just talking to each other. Like they're friends, they're having a smoke together. Yeah. And then, and then like, they're like, well, they're probably not going to come to an agreement. Uh, and we're going to have to like kill each other essentially. And I just thought it was like, it's kind of sad that like people die because of leaders of any type of things dispute, you know? That, there's actually a good quote about that. Um, I can't remember exactly how it says, but basically the gist of it is leaders sit at tables and talk, mm -hmm. um, civilians fight and die. Yeah. Um, and it's that idea of like, you know, president, the president of the United States, like they may be the head of the military, mm -hmm. but they're not, they don't go fight. They're not going to be in a war and fight. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with it, what you said, but I felt like Rick was more willing to compromise. Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't until the governor said, I don't want a negotiation. I want your surrender. Yeah. That Rick um, had come to terms with the fact that they were, <laughs> they were going to have a war. Yeah. Well, I think, well, he, the governor even said that at the beginning and then... At the end of the discussion, the governor mentioned, well, if you bring Michonne, I'll let things go. Yeah. But then later on, you find out that he was just going to kill them all anyway. Yeah. And, and, so, Rick, and Rick, Rick knew. Rick knew. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that it was really smart that he didn't let the rest of the group know. Yeah. Because I feel like they, some of the members might would might have thought, well, let's just give them Michonne. Yeah. But he trusted his gut and trusted that no he's gonna kill us anyway so it's not worth it yeah like there there's sometimes where like rick trusts his gut mm -hmm. and it completely leads him astray but there's other times like this instant where he trusts his gut and he's like right on the money yeah and i think he knew that the governor was like that because the governor right off the bat was like 
like wanted to surrender. Yeah. You know, like the like Rick came with a pretty decent like agreement. Like we get yeah. this half of the river, we you get this half of the river, you know? Mm-hmm. And Garfield's like, No, I, I want your surrender and that it was that moment that Rick knew like Oh, this is the kind of man you are. Yeah. You know, you actually don't care about your people. Mm-hmm. You care about like control. Yeah. Right. Which I felt like that was one of the first moments when the governor was completely honest. Mm-hmm. And I really wish that Andrea could have been there for that. But they shoved yeah. her out of the room. Yeah. But I like I don't think he I'm trying to think and I don't think he was ever that honest with uh, Merle either, even no. though Merle was supposed to be his right hand man, like, but in that moment with Rick, I felt like he was completely honest, except for the part of like, give me Michonne and I'll yeah. leave you alone. But just that fact of like, I don't want negotiations. Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, I feel, do you, do you think there are good lies that leaders tell? And cause Rick lied by omission. He, mm-hmm. he didn't like flat out lie to them, yeah. but he just like, didn't tell the truth. Yeah. He, he left mm-hmm. a part out. He left a part out. But, like, the governor is constantly lying to everyone. Yeah. You know, like, actively lying to people. Like, do you do you think that lying by omission is okay for leaders to do? Or do you think, like, leaders should be 100% transparent no matter what? The, the like, ethical part of me mm-hmm. wants to say that leaders should always be 100% honest. Mm-hmm. But the rational part of my brain says that there are times when telling a lie by admitting truth mm-hmm. saves more lives saves more lives or reaches a more peaceful outcome mm-hmm. i i don't think it's morally right i don't think if you are a leader i don't think you should ever be looking for opportunities to hide the truth yeah i think as a leader you should always be as honest as you can but if you find yourself in a situation where you think that might be the best choice mm-hmm do it ever so carefully. Yeah. Well, it makes me, yeah, like, it makes me wonder, because, I mean, the government keeps a lot of secrets. Like, yeah. like people that I know that work for the government, like, a lot of the times they can't talk about what they do. Yeah. Uh, because, like, they have, like, classified things that they're, like, doing. Uh, sorry, my phone is just going off right now. <laughs> um, I'm not that popular, though. Uh, oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, but, like, leaders and, like, governments keep secrets from people, yeah. you know? And, um, and I don't, I, I guess it's just, like, a case-by-case basis, because, like, a lot of times, pe- like, governments will keep secrets from people because, like, they don't want to cause panic, mm-hmm. um, or it's because they're hiding shady shit, <sighs> yeah. you know? And so, I think, I think you're right, it depends on, like, what the secret is, and you got to do it very carefully, Um, but then again, I feel like if, if the government like came out and like said like a ton of the secret things, like, like during COVID during 2020, the government was like, Hey, uh, we know aliens exist because we saw a UFO (laughs) and we were like, we know, (laughs) like we don't, you didn't do a good job hiding it. Like we know. And so I feel like we already know so much, but the government just doesn't say anything because like, they're like, Ooh, why spread panic? You know, but like no one cared because we were all like in a pandemic and we didn't, you know, but yeah. It's all, it's also not just governments, you know, I mm-hmm. feel like it's any time there is a group of people where there's a defined, uh, rank, mm-hmm. you know, well, like we, parents yeah. keep secrets from their kids all the time. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really, if you're in a group where there's an obvious authority, I feel like 
the authority figure will always try to shoulder more burden um, mm. and try and maybe keep secrets to try and keep that burden off of other people in the group. Yeah. And it, it sounds, you know, kind of altruistic, very selfless, but I feel like it's really unnecessary. I feel like there's a lot of times if we're talking about like a smaller group, like Rick and his little found family mm. or traditional family group. I feel like there's a lot of situations where it's like, no, you don't have to keep it a secret. You can talk about this and have a conversation mm -hmm. with the governor wanting Michonne. I think that was a good example of a time when maybe it is the leader's job to shoulder more of the burden. Yeah. Well, like he even mentions to Herschel at the end, like on his like spot where he goes to think on the bridge, you yeah. know, he's had like five scenes where he talks to someone on there. He always has good hand poses. Yeah, he does. That. When he like, he's, when he grips yeah. the fence, I'm like, that is. I mean, he's so a British actor. It's yeah. outside in, baby. I know. Yeah. He's all like, dude, he's acting all with mm -hmm. this hand <laughs> yeah, on good. the fence. He's such a good actor. I think I don't he talk really a lot is. about his acting, but like, man, he's so talented. Like, every, you know, like actors will talk about like being in the moment, and I've never seen like a ton, like he is always 100% in it, yeah. you know, and you believe everything he does. It's so cool. This is a side note, but I, I realized one of his mannerisms, um, oh, yeah? the last time we watched an episode, is it the shifty head kind of, he, he'll keep his head turned in a slightly different direction than his eyes. Yeah. Like that's one of his actorisms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so effective, though, that I I really like it because for some reason it makes him look more intense mm -hmm. than if he were just, like, face-on looking straight ahead. But, no, he always has this, like, slight turn in his head, either side to side or up or down. Yeah. And then his eyes but are... But his eyes, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, like, I... Uh, well, I want, I want you to tell me what... You've seen a lot of stuff that I've acted in. Yeah. What are my acting mannerisms? Okay. We're going to take a sidetrack a okay. little bit. Give me, give me a second to think about because I, I can think of like three off the top of my head that I do because I notice them all the time when I do it mm. I'm thinking about your hands mm -hmm. I, that's one of them yeah <laughs> but I, like I'm thinking about your hands but I'm trying to think like how to word specifically what you do with your hands I push the air up with yes my hands. Yeah. yes that's yeah. what you I do, do it all the time and I hate you it push the air. uh huh I push, yeah, I hate it so much. And every time I do it, I think, don't do it, Zach. But yeah, I do that a lot. Nice. I also do like a mouth thing where I kind of like do a grimace. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of the time. I also um, will push my hair back. I'll like mm. glide my hair back whenever I'm acting. Yeah. Yeah. We all have them. Yeah. But anyway, back to back to zombies. and. <laughs> um, uh, well, like Rick even mentions to Herschel that like he didn't tell them about Michonne because they want, he wants them to be scared. Yeah. And I think that's such like an interesting and smart thing to do mm -hmm. because like if they had an easy way out, which he knew that they didn't, he knew that the governor was going to kill them anyway. Yeah. If they had an easy way out, then they would have, he felt like they would have taken it. Yeah. They would have immediately like, most of them would have been like, give her away, you know? Yeah. And he knew that. And, um, and so he, he decided they're going to, fight better and they're gonna do better and none of them are gonna go behind my back mm -hmm. if they like if they feel like there's actually like a threat that yeah. they don't have an easy way out they have to fight to get out you know yeah. which I think is really cool which again I feel like goes back to um, like groups mm -hmm. um, fear is definitely another tactic mm -hmm. along with um, 
keeping some truth hidden yeah. is like in families, in tribes, mm -hmm. um, in, you know, like older societies where there's a bunch of folklore mm -hmm. and stuff like fear was used so much to keep people safe and to keep people alive. Yeah. Well, I feel like fear is used like now, like how, like we're controlled by fear a lot of the times, like that like we're afraid to go to prison so we don't commit crime yeah we're afraid to pay fines so we're less likely to like do like misdemeanors or like park in a wrong spot mm -hmm. fear is used all the time like even with parents like they'll they'll say you got to be a good kid otherwise santa won't bring you presents the kid yeah. wants presents and they're afraid they won't get any yeah and so like fear is used all the time to like get people to do what you want them to do yeah mm -hmm. i think it's it's interesting. Do you think that's okay? Do you think it's okay to use fear? Because to... it's not always just getting people to do what you want. Sometimes it's like when you're talking to a child and you're like, don't touch this stove mm -hmm. or it will burn your fingers off. I don't or... think... Sorry, I have a really good example. Uh -huh. So my Alvin, our nephew, mm -hmm. has been sick mm -hmm. um, and he hates taking medicine. He absolutely hates it. Mm -hmm. But he hates going to the doctor more mm -hmm. and he hates the idea of getting a shot. And so my older sister, Abby was like, either you take this medicine or we're going to have to take you to the hospital and the doctor is going mm -hmm. to give you a shot. And so he took the medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I guess like if you're doing it because you know, it's going to be effective in keeping someone that you care about safe, is it okay then? Or is it still wrong? I think if, you are saying facts and the facts happen to invoke fear, then it's okay. Like okay. if you're, if you're, um, saying like, 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 especially with like the pandemic, like mm -hmm. saying like, you could go to the hospital if you, or you could send loved ones to the hospital if you get this disease or if your family members get this disease, the hospitals are overrun and like, you know, you, you may get severely injured from this disease or you may die. Mm -hmm. And I think that scared a lot of people because they don't want that to happen to them. And so it kept them at home mm -hmm. and not going outside. Yeah. And like masking up and, and yeah. stuff like that. So I think if you're saying like facts and like, you know, like don't cross the street without looking both ways. Otherwise a car could hit you. No yeah. one wants a car to hit them. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. A car could hit you. But I think it's when you use fear that isn't like fact-based, like you're going to go to hell if you don't mm -hmm. do this. Or, or the if boogeyman you, is going to get you. Or the boogeyman's going to get you. Bed at night. Yeah, then, then that's when it kind of gets into to shady territory where like the fear isn't present. Mm -hmm. And so you are just saying it. So they'll do what you want. Yeah. But you're straight up lying to them. That's when it becomes more controlled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about um, Glenn and Maggie for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I thought, I thought that conversation they had was so cute. Yeah. And like Glenn finally, like he finally apologized, realized what he did was wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, which do you remember watching the earlier episodes mm -hmm. and I was totally on Maggie's side and I was mm -hmm. like, I, I understand completely why she's upset at Glenn. Mm -hmm. And you were on Glenn's side where you were like, I wasn't on Glenn's side. I understood where he was coming from. Okay. I was, I was, I was primarily on Maggie's side, but I, in the last few episodes, I was playing the devil's advocate because as a man, I understood why he was upset. Okay. And why he was acting the way he was, mm -hmm. Cause you... which wasn't right. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it was right, but I'm saying like, I understood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you, but you even said like if it was if 
you and I were mm -hmm. in Glenn and Maggie's position, you said that you feel like you would have reacted similar that that to how Glenn did. I think initially and, I would. Yeah. I think, and and I had mainly women on those episodes, and they all were like, Glenn sees Maggie as an object, mm -hmm. and I and like, um, and to an extent, Glenn was seeing Maggie as an object, but I think his love. And he shows that his love is deeper for her in this episode yeah. because he realizes what he did was wrong. Yeah, um, it, it was such a good moment. And I, mm -hmm. I, I definitely don't want to disagree with um, other guests that you had on the podcast because mm -hmm. I, I can totally understand them saying that Glenn was looking at Maggie as an object. But I, there's also this level of selfishness that comes. If I know that someone has hurt your feelings... Mm -hmm. I feel personally offended, mm -hmm. even though it's not me seeing you as an object, but I love you so much mm -hmm. and I care about you so much that when I know that someone else has hurt you, I feel personally offended. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where Glenn was coming from. And the thing that I need to remember is that if I'm getting offended by someone else hurting you... I'm making it about me mm -hmm. and I need to make sure that I'm making it about you. And I think that's mm. where Glenn realized is he was hurting <laughs> because he knew that Maggie was hurting, mm -hmm. but he was making it more yeah. about himself. And I think every human does this. Like every human, like the base instinct is to think about yourself. Yeah. 100% of the time. But like one thing we have to learn as humans and like to be in a society is like, you can't just live like that 100% of the time. Sometimes you have to be selfish and sometimes you have to like, you know, do what you need to do for yourself. But like, you also need to realize that there's, there's going to be times where like, you have to be selfless. Yeah. And, and that was a time where Glenn didn't realize that he had to be selfless in that moment. Yeah. He was being selfish and, and like, and he was objectifying Maggie in that moment, but I don't think he saw Maggie as an object. No, I agree. Like, like and I feel like a lot, a, all of us, tend to objectify each other mm -hmm. in moments in time, but we have to take a step back and learn, like, we, like, that's not a right thing to do. Yeah. We shouldn't objectify people, you know, and, and it, it's like a learning process. And so it, it's in the middle. Yeah. I, cause I mean, and I know Glenn and I know his love for Maggie. And so that's why I was defending him Yeah, is because I was like, I think he is doing the wrong thing and objectifying her right now, but he doesn't see her as just an object. Yeah. yeah. And we, we don't know a lot about, uh, Glenn's backstory, except yeah. that he was a pizza delivery guy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that what you're talking about is that growth. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of it happens from being in a relationship yeah. and we don't know if maybe this is his first serious relationship. I think um, it like, I don't think we learn a lot about his past life yeah. and relationships, but I think it is like, he's very, um, he's very shy and he's very like timid mm -hmm. when it comes to like what Maggie wants. He, he's very much a simp, you yeah. know, <laughs> like he's just, he, yeah. He walks on eggshells around Maddie, Maggie and like, you can tell like, he's not very nuanced in this kind of thing, yeah. you know, but I, and yeah. so, so that could explain it too, because until you're in, a relationship like like a partnership it's mm -hmm. different than the than the relationships you have with your siblings and with friends mm -hmm. when you have formed this serious partnership with another person mm -hmm. you have to fight against 
oh, almost survival instincts. Yeah. Going back to like, I feel hurt when I see you hurt. Mm -hmm. The survival instinct is, I don't feel good, so I need to do something to fix me. Yeah. Um, to make sure that I feel good. Mm -hmm. And part of being in a partnership is, I'm. I'm not feeling good because my partner isn't feeling good. So I need to figure out how to make my partner feel good. Mm -hmm. Not me. Well, like, so here's the funny thing about you, Alina, is like, <laughs> and I really admire you for this, is that whenever someone else is being bullied or being hurt, you will stand up and defend them tooth and nail. Like, I've seen you on multiple occasions, like like defend someone when you felt like they were being wronged. You know, you've done it for me, you've done it for my dad, mm -hmm. you've done it for like roommates and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the minute someone offends you, you're <laughs> like, I don't want you to talk to them. I'm like, Alina, I want to talk to them about it so they know. And you're like, but I'll be embarrassed. And I'm like, how, how can you just like scream at these people and yell at these people when they, you feel like they're being like wrongful to someone else. But then, but then the minute someone's really mean to you, you're like, I don't want you to talk to them. I just <laughs> I, think it's funny. I just want to let it go and move on. I, I know, but it, it's frustrating because I want to defend you, but you don't let me. Hmm. I th that's kind of a compliment. Thanks. Mm, I'm yeah. glad that kind I... Kind of a compliment? Well, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm seen as someone who's willing to um, protect other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something I need to work on, is mm. letting other people protect me, too. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't, like, whenever you told me not to, I haven't, like, done anything. And I appreciate that. But I want to, you know, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Glenn and Maggie make up, and then they make out, and they, you know, they bang one out. I have a question. <laughs> okay. Would you ever, like, have sex in front of walkers? Because Glenn, like, they start making out, and then Glenn <laughs> looks at the walkers and is like, I can't do this. Yeah. Would you, would you be okay with that or no no I, i'm with them. I'm all, i can't do that i can't even let link watch <laughs> that's true that's our fair. cat needs to leave the room <laughs> yeah well that's better than the alternative i've heard of like like pet owners no that like stop. let like let the animals stay in and like watch or like i've heard of one or two stop. where like she like holds the cat stop <laughs> while they're having sex i don't want to hear and this it's, yeah it's gross Ew. it's yucky Yucky stuff. That's... But yeah. I thought that was a funny moment. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know what... I don't know. I don't, like... Because, like, in my mind, like, they're not people anymore. So I'm like, eh. I, like, I feel like now they're just... Like, I'm so used to zombies mm -hmm. that now they're just a part of the scenery. No. You know? They're like a part of the forest. I can't I don't agree know. with that. I can't. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about... Daryl and Martina showing off with each other and like mm. they're they're like they're I don't it feels like a sports game yeah. like it feels like these two sides are like bustling up with each other like it's a sport like it's a game but their lives I, are on the line you know I saw it more as a pissing contest well yeah well like it it all is a pissing contest if you look at it like yeah. all wars are just pissing contests of mm. like who's better who's yeah. who's gonna win this you know and it's that's why I think war is dumb because it's all about like who has the bigger dick? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I actually, I really liked that moment, though. Yeah, me too, I, though. I liked all three interactions, where it was, um, you had Daryl and Martinez, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you could call it bonding, but they were seeing each other as more than just no-name no -name enemies. 
Mm -hmm. um, they were seeing each other as people mm -hmm. um, when they were killing the walkers and then when they were sharing a smoke. Yeah. And then you had Herschel and nerd guy with glasses. I can never remember his name. I can't remember his name either. Um, but they they were sharing a moment too, you know, yeah. um, with collecting history. Um, and then you had the last moment with Rick and the governor. Mm -hmm. And just, I, I really love those three very different interactions yeah, between it was, people on opposite sides of a war. Mm -hmm. It was the two leaders, mm -hmm. the two advisors to the leaders, yeah. and the two, like, soldiers, king's guard of the yeah. leaders, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, those were really cool, like, things to look at. And, like, Rick and the governor even had, even bonded a little bit, you know? I, I feel, because, like, the governor go get some scotch. Yeah. And I think Rick deciding to take a sip is he's like, okay... Yeah, it's We're kind here of, to talk, you yeah. know, like, we're not here to fight. Um, and, yeah, I really like, I really like those moments because it saw, like, on both sides of this war, they're just human beings. Mm -hmm. And I, I, a lot of times, well, every time, like, that's how they get people to fight in wars is they make it seem like these faceless, like, monsters. Yeah. But then whenever, whenever, like, soldiers go kill people and then come back, they're like, I saw the humanity in them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what messed me up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Um. But yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Andrea and how I hate her. You hate her? <laughs> I, yeah, of course I do. She's... What bro, did she do wrong in this episode? What did she do? What are you talking... She, well, okay, I didn't... She okay. left the group. Like, she got the opportunity. She got her way out. Mm -hmm. She found out that the governor did something to Maggie. Yeah. Did something. She doesn't know exactly what. But, like, she can, she knows. Yeah. And yet, she's like... She still decides to go with him. And why? why do you think she did? I, I think she did because she is a natural born leader. Hmm. I, and so let me explain that. I feel like she is just naturally good at leading people. Mm -hmm. And she has found a purpose and a calling mm. in being able to unite and lead the people of Woodbury. Mm. Um, and, you know, even though she's not leading us as a group of leading a group of people the same way that the governor and Rick is. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's just a mu as much a leader in her own right. Like, she set up the meeting mm -hmm. between Rick and the governor, and she wanted to be there, part of the conversation, yeah. not making decisions for them, but acting as a mediator. Yeah. And... Do you think the uh, conversation would have gone differently if she stayed? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, but I think... Yeah, I don't know how, but I, I think that it would have. For better or worse, because better, maybe she would have been able to see the um, governor's true self, mm -hmm. and she could have gone with Rick sooner yeah. and helped them sooner, or negatively, the governor could have kept his facade on. Yeah. And Andrea would have felt more sympathy for him. Yeah. So I don't know which way it would have gone, but I know that it would have gone differently. Mm -hmm. I feel like Andrea is constantly wanting to prove herself. Yeah, but she never gets the opportunity And she never to. gets the opportunity to. That's true. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like Andrea, she... Rick kind of just told her what was up. Mm -hmm. And, like just flat out didn't trust her and she knew it yeah. but like with the governor i feel like she like the governor like gives her enough 
mm-hmm. where she feels like she's being useful with him, but really he doesn't trust her with anything. Yeah. You know, like, and they're both being, they're both being sexist towards her. Yeah. They're both, you know, they're both like not trusting her because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rick more so because she messed up a few times and yeah. Rick couldn't trust her. But I think the base thing is that like they they went back into this primitive state where like the men lead and the women do whatever the men tell them to do. Yeah. You know? And whether they did it subconsciously or not, mm-hmm. um Martinez immediately acknowledges it. As soon mm-hmm. as she walks out he says um something like, Yeah, let the men talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was it Daryl? No, I don't think Daryl said no. it. I think it was Martinez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrea is such like an interesting character in this moment because, like, she's so torn mm-hmm. between these two groups because she's been with these two groups for, you know, like probably like an equal-ish amount of time. You know. Yeah, it's probably probably half and half. Yeah. Um. So last thing I wanted to talk about was. Rick talking to Herschel at the end, and he says, are you willing to risk your daughter's lives for Michonne? Yeah. And then Herschel's like, don't put me in that position. And Rick is like, I just want you to talk me out of it. And Herschel can't talk Rick out of it. Yeah. Because they both know what the right decision is, even though it's the hard decision. Yeah. You know? Like, they, they both are such capable leaders that they knew, like, the easy decision wasn't the way to go mm-hmm. on this one. You know? Um, especially, like, with Michonne, because you later find out, like, like, Michonne has already proven herself, but she keeps on proving herself, you know, time and time again, but, yeah, I just, like, I just loved that, like, we saw this, this break within Rick of, like, um, I, like, I just need someone to talk me out of this, Mm -hmm. um, even though he knew what the right decision was. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want to do it. Yeah. He didn't want to risk his son's life, but, like, and his daughter's life, but, you know, he knew what the right decision was. Which, I think, I think there was a really interesting commentary on family Mm -hmm. that you could get from this episode. Because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Rick Rick is reluctant Mm -hmm. uh, to put Carl in danger, his son, biological son, um... And, you know, Herschel, his daughters. But then Herschel, when he's talking to Andrea, he says, um, your family is with us at the prison. Like, Mm -hmm. we're your family. Um, And he kind of says the same thing about Michonne. Mm -hmm. Is, he said, Michonne has earned her place here. Mm -hmm. And when he was talking to Andrea earlier, he used the word family. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of this... Um, interesting idea of blood versus bond, mm-hmm. bonding, you know, yeah. Daryl and Merle, it's blood to the very end. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's us against them. Yeah. Um, at least it is for Mer- Merle mm-hmm. and it was for Daryl, but now you see Daryl kind of coming out of that of it isn't just blood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's also people that you make your family. Yeah. Um, and I think that that might be what Rick was fighting internally with. Mm-hmm. Is he has accepted Michonne as part of this found family. Mm-hmm. But this, like, primal part of him 
was telling him that he needed to protect his flesh and blood. Yeah. Which was Carl. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, another thing, I forgot to mention this, but, like, there's a whole, there's a huge use of, like, titles in this. Like, yeah. Rick and the governor have this conversation about, like, um, about, like, oh, you call yourself the governor. And, and the governor mentions, I thought you were a cop, not a lawyer. Yeah. And, and then, um, with, uh, Milton, I think that's his name is Milton. Oh, it is. Uh, someone <laughs> asks him, uh, someone asks like, who are you? He's like, I'm an advisor, you know? And like, there's these, there's like titles were just like thrown around a lot in this episode. Yeah. And, um, and like, even if the, and I think titles are interesting because I think they're important. It tells you who someone is. Um, but like the governor, he, he mentioned that it was like, like they gave him the name governor, Yeah. but he hasn't corrected them. Yeah. And you can tell he likes the name, you know, he likes being called the governor because mm -hmm. that means he's the man in charge, you know? Yeah. And like Rick is just called Rick and, uh, like he, he doesn't ascribe to being called anything else, you know? Yeah. And like Rick continuously meets these people that like call themselves something else. Like he meets Alpha, he meets mm -hmm. the King, mm -hmm. he meets, uh, um, you know, all these people that like call themselves something else, but like Rick just wants to be Rick and he just wants yeah. to help people. Which I feel is kind of patriotic mm -hmm. um, because we have that, oh, is it in the constitution or is it just in one of the, um, is it the title of liberty? There, there's that phrase about n not taking on titles mm. in the United States. So that, like, we don't have dukes, we don't have ladies, we don't have lords, mm -hmm. because it's a rejection of title. Mm. But still, like... But still we it, have titles. But we still have titles. And, you know, like, the United States kind of gets away with it, like, by having doctors and... Mm. Um, well, like, you, even if... Like, even though we don't have dukes, we don't call people dukes, we don't call people lords and ladies. Yeah. But, like, if you're talking to two people of a different profession, mm -hmm. like, in your head, you still have that same association. Like, if you meet a doctor, yeah. like, in your head, it's the same association of, oh, he's a lord. But if you meet a garbage man, you're like, oh, he's a peasant. Right? Yeah. You still have that same association in your head mm -hmm. without even thinking about, like, the class issue of it. Yeah. And like titles mean something like what we call ourselves and what other people call us like mean something. And I've never understood that people like don't like labeling, don't like labels, but then they have a ton of labels for themselves, you yeah. know? Well, labels is how we fit people into categories. It's mm -hmm. how we sort them. And it's, it's not always a bad thing mm -hmm. because it gives us information. Yeah. It gives us a place to start. Mm -hmm. um, should we rely wholly on Labels? Yeah. No. Should we but... judge people based on stereotypes of the labels? No. no. But, like, it helps us know kind of who this person is. Yeah. And Rick knows who the governor is because the governor in this, in this, like, well, like, Rick at the very beginning stops being a cop. Yeah. Like, he, he still does, like, like, good cop things, mm -hmm. but, like... Yeah, like, second episode, mm -hmm. it but was... He, he drops it. Yeah. He, he puts his badge in, like, a container and leaves it at his house, you know? Yeah. And, like, he drops it. But he knows the second he heard, hears that this guy calls himself the governor, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, in a world where governors don't exist anymore, this guy has a huge ego. Yeah. And he's probably not a very good guy. He probably doesn't care about people. Yeah. And that tells Rick everything he needs to know about the governor and who he is. Yeah. You know? 
Um, but yeah, I think title titles are a very interesting discussion mm -hmm. because, um, and I think people don't like them because of some of the stereotypes that come with them. Yeah. Or because of some of the baggage that comes with some titles. Um, like I remember there was, there was a leader I had in my ward growing up and, and he was a lawyer and like he mentioned that he was a lawyer and he like made an offhand joke about like how like yeah not all lawyers are like sharks you know mm -hmm. um and like but you know when you hear lawyer you hear like it, like the things go through your head of like oh you're cutthroat you're a shark yeah you you um you know you know how to get people to say things that they don't want to say you know stuff like that yeah. um and yeah titles are important in like knowing the base of like who someone is and even like identifying with yourself yeah. like of who you are and we give ourselves titles all the time because we're all we're constantly trying to find out who we are yeah but i, I think that's why rick decided really er early on to reject being a cop anymore mm -hmm. is he was in he was in a world he wasn't in a world that had the structure that made him be a cop mm -hmm. that allowed him to be a cop mm -hmm. um and so instead, I feel like he decided to instead be the next best thing in his mind, which is to be the people's man. Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't have a title because he wants to be the equalizer. Yeah. And and he realized, like, titles didn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Um, at least the titles that they used before, you mm -hmm. know. Um, oh, what I just thought of something. Uh, oh, what was it? Um, oh, I was talking to a few of my friends about, like, if I was on Survivor, if yeah. we were on Survivor, and I mentioned, like, in, in this world, in the real world, I, I like mentioning that I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. I think it sets me apart from other people, and, like, a lot of people tend to find that cool. Uh, yeah. But, like, my wallet's not cool, but <laughs> they don't, they don't know my... It, it will be. Yeah, it will, <laughs> it will be. You're working hard. Um, but, like, the, but I, I told them, I was like... If I go on Survivor, if I ever went on Survivor, I would never say I was an actor. Mm -hmm. Immediately distrustful. Like, you'll mm -hmm. watch it, and people say they're a lawyer or they're a businessman, and immediately people are mm -hmm. like, I or can't trust you. Or a police officer. Or a police officer. They're like, I can't trust you. Yeah. Right? I would say, like, I would, I would think of the most unimposing thing. I said I would be a video game Twitch streamer. Right? Because, okay. like, it's unimposing. People <laughs> yeah. don't think I'm going to be athletic. People don't think I'm going to be strong. Yeah. Even though I will be, you know? But, like... Um, and like people are going to be like, oh, so you just play games and you stream them like, okay, you're not a threat, you know, yeah. but if I say I'm an actor, they're going to be like, you're acting all the time, yeah. even though that's not true. I'm like acting is exhausting and I would never act all the time. Yeah. It sounds absolutely miserable. <laughs> like I still want it to be fun for me, but like people would think like, oh, you're acting all the time and will, would I act on Survivor? Hell yeah, I would. Yeah. I would definitely act on Survivor, but I don't want people to know that I'm trained in it, you know, because yeah. titles mean stuff. But yeah. I get that. Yeah. I think that's a strategic move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think I talked about everything I want to talk about. Do you want to talk about anything else? Um, no, I'm good. Cool. Cool. Well, we will be right back after a short musical interlude with The Moral Dilemma. Musical interlude.
And we are back. All right, Alina, here's your moral dilemma, more like a moral question. I'm ready. Do you think that, um, do you think revenge is ever a good thing to do? Like, acting on revenge is ever a good thing to do? No. No? Is, is my short answer. Okay. Will you elaborate? Um, yeah. Um, re so there's been times when I've wanted to act out in revenge. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's usually not the person did me wrong. And mm -hmm. so I want to act out in revenge. It's usually like, I am feeling so hurt and so upset that I just want to change this feeling mm -hmm. to something else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like revenge will turn it into adrenaline mm -hmm. um, or elation. It kind of turns it into a purpose. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, almost this feeling of righteous anger Yeah. and righteous anger definitely feels better than feeling hurt and broken. Yeah. But it doesn't last. Do you think justice is the same thing as revenge? No, I don't. I think How so. So I think I think revenge is you are acting out of emotion. Mm. Um I've been hurt, so I want to make someone else hurt. Mm -hmm. Where um I feel like justice is something wrong was done mm. and so something needs to be done to make amends mm. it's more like are you continuing a cycle of cruelty mm -hmm. or are you trying to reach a conclusion uh-huh oh babies the cats are having a little cat fight um because that's that's interesting because i've always like i've always had a hard time i mean i can see the difference but I feel like justice and revenge sort of have the same outcome. Yeah. Like, someone kills, like, your loved one, right? And revenge is sort of, like, a quicker thing. Like, you can just go and kill them. Yeah. Um, out of, like, anger and stuff and out of revenge. Um, or you wait months and months or even years on end for the court and for the system to do what it does. Yeah. And you you are like leaving it up to the system mm -hmm. on whether or not you get justice. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, um, oh, but like if you do get justice and like they get the death penalty, you are getting like revenge in a way, but it's, it's at a, it's in a longer pace. It takes longer, you know? Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I've heard from, so we like watching true crime. Mm -hmm. We watch a lot of true crime documentaries. Mm hmm and there's so many of them where the bad guy basically escapes justice through death. Mm. You know, either they commit suicide or they're killed by someone else. And yeah. then when they're interviewing the victim's family mm -hmm. members, a common thing I've seen is family members saying that they don't feel closure yeah. because they feel like the bad guy took an easy way out mm -hmm. um, yeah, because they died. That's true. And so I feel like, I feel like revenge isn't always the best option. I f okay. I feel like justice leaves more room for healing mm -hmm. and for moving forward mm -hmm. where revenge kind of keeps you in that spot. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. 
I, I just I just think it's like interesting like what are what are the differences even though the outcome might be the same. Yeah. Um and like I I was I I was watching Epstein uh Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich uh -huh. and he and like um for those of you that don't know him he was a child predator had like an island where he solicited sex with underage women uh underage girls. Um, and a lot of the victims came forward and like wanted justice mm -hmm. and wanted him to go to prison. And then the minute he like gets his sentence of like being in prison for a long time, uh, that night he kills himself in quotation marks. Yeah. A lot of people believe that he didn't kill himself though, because he solicited underage sex to a lot of rich people. Yeah. Um, and they had him killed. Uh, but like he died. He was, he didn't serve his sentence. Yeah. And, and I was upset about it. Like, I knew what happened. I knew how he died. Mm -hmm. But, but when I was watching the documentary and I learned about all the stuff he did, I was like, I want him to be miserable for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know? But then he wasn't. Yeah. He just died. And so it's sort of like that. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think when revenge happens, the, the sins aren't, or the wrongdoings aren't like really paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk about that because of the governor's thing for revenge. Yeah. In that episode. And I feel like that's going to be part of his downfall mm -hmm. is he was unwilling and Rick calls him out on mm -hmm. it. He says that it's a selfish, like almost cowardly move. Yeah. Well, that... The governor is like, he's like, it'll be down to the last man. He doesn't care about anyone else's life. Yeah, he cares about getting revenge mm -hmm. on Michonne. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to... Uh, you know how it, how the governor ends. I don't mm -hmm. yet, but I think that is going to be a huge part of his downfall. Yeah. Is that he was more set on revenge than moving forward in any other way. Yeah, and that's sort of like Michonne's downfall too. Like, it causes this whole war because she wanted to get revenge. That's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um... I and don't it, think I, I don't think the governor would have been as hell bent on destruction if Michonne didn't go yeah wreckish. Yeah, I we actually have seen that a lot recently because that's also why Glenn left mm -hmm. for revenge. Basic or we don't know where he went, mm -hmm. um, but we knew that he was angry and so he left. And while he was gone, the governor came and assaulted them. Yeah, um, but I did mention Glenn could have gone after the governor in revenge, but mm -hmm. he saved his father-in-law instead. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, Herschel wouldn't be there if Glenn didn't do what he did. Yeah. Why Why isn't Glenn the main character of the show? Why isn't he the protagonist? <laughs> because he's not flawed enough. Give me He's not flawed Glenn. enough. <laughs> Give me Glenn as the protagonist Glenn, of The Walking Glenn Dead. Glenn is not flawed enough to be the protagonist. Rick is such a good protagonist because yeah. he has flaws. I, I do really like... Rick, it's but... like if Sam Samwise Gamgee was the protagonist. Oh, good Samwise point. is too perfect. Good point. Right? Yeah. yeah. You you're right. Yeah. But anyway, uh I think I talked about everything I want to talk about. I did too. Cool. Well, uh thank you guys for listening uh to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain and um stay safe and stay sane. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Your Brain. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at ZachyTheZombie. Also feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at FeedDon'tYourBrain at gmail.com. You can also follow Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can donate to our Patreon page called Feed Don't Your Brain on Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and stay safe and stay sane.